welcome to the Recovery Podcast. I am your host, Allie Ringer, the founder of Recovery Life Coaching, a writer, and a recovering codependent. This podcast is a dedicated space to discuss all things codependency and toxic cycles. It's here to spread awareness, hope, and have conversations around these tough topics. My goal is to use my story, along with the stories of others, through interviews to have real conversations about these topics, to talk about what work has to talk about what tools have worked for me and others, to be able to share tangible tools that you can use in your own recovery process, and also just know you're not alone. It's hopefully the start of a beautiful recovery community. To launch, I thought I would share my own life story, starting with my childhood, where my codependence was birthed, the details of my 10 plus year toxic relationship, my battles with anxiety and codependency, and how I got to where I am today, plus all the details on exactly where that is. It will start before I was born because I think that's an important part of my story. It's essentially my DNA and, in my opinion, how my life has played out has a lot to do with that. Um, I'm a big believer in generational trauma, and I think this has definitely showed up in my own life. So I'm going to take you all the way back to when my mom was a child. When she was 14, she had sex with a stranger. It was actually her first time having sex, and she got pregnant. My grandparents were super religious and made her marry the man she got pregnant by. She was actually so innocent still that she packed her dolls when she left home to move in with him. She ended up having three kids with this man. Um, He was by no means a good person. He beat her. He cheated on her, Um, and, you know, to say the least, she had a lot of trauma. My siblings had a lot of trauma. Although this happened pre my existence, since I believe that trauma carries through our DNA, I definitely think I carry some of this trauma. And obviously, my mom struggled with codependency, understandably not knowing how to break away from that unhealthy relationship. Finally, my mom got out when she was in her 30s. This is where my mom and my dad met, and they got married and then had me. So, obviously, there's a big age gap between me and my siblings. My closest sister in age is 13 years older than me. My brother's old enough to be my dad, and I also have a sister in between the two of them. They all had a lot going on in their young adult lives when I was a child, um, You know, they had a lot of their own trauma that was never dealt with or cared for. And I spent a lot of my childhood trying not to add to my parents' already really full plate. My father never fully accepted my siblings as his own. And my siblings never fully accepted me as one of them. This put me in a weird in-between where I felt like I never had a real spot in the family I tried hard at a young age to make everyone love me and be the source of everyone coming together. On top of that, my parents had a very turbulent relationship themselves. There was a lot of traumatic fights in my household, including screaming, cops, profanity, verbal abuse. Luckily, I didn't witness um, physical abuse, but I was constantly in the middle of this battle in between my parents. I desperately wanted to stop 
their fights. I wanted the chaos to, chaos to end. I wanted everyone to be okay. From a young age, I learned to be my mom's safekeeper. Um, I wanted her to be okay. I was desperately trying to make sure that she was always safe. A lot of my childhood anxiety was rooted in that. I was really, really scared something was going to happen to her. I became a perfectionist in school, and I really tried to be perfect. So at least no one was fighting about me or anything that I was causing. I now view that as a sign of my early codependent behaviors. My parents finally divorced when I was 12. I say finally because I begged for it to happen. I needed the chaos in my home to end. Ironically, when they divorced, I met my now ex, who I ended up being in a codependent and toxic relationship with. So when I ended the chaos in my home, I invited a whole new chaos unknowingly into my life. Um, My ex was two years older than me, and I became infatuated with him instantly. So we were really young, and no one had a driver's license yet. But this was a long-distance relationship to make things even more complicated. He lived in Orange County, California, and I lived in the small town of Arroyo Grande, California, which is on the Central Coast. So about a four-hour difference. So not only did we have a toxic relationship, but it was also long distance to add another layer of complexity. My ex had a lot of his own stuff going on, and he only gave me glimpses into this, but what he did show me was pretty traumatic. Mind you, again, we were only about 12 and 14 years old, Um, but he would show me his cuts on his arms, cuts on his legs, self-harm that he would do to his himself. And that was my first exposure to that kind of pain. I immediately became addicted to wanting to be the source of him feeling better. I wanted to make sure he was okay. This pain only continued through our teen years. He one night called me and told me goodbye because he was going to kill himself. Of course, I did everything I could that first night to make sure he didn't kill himself. And, you know, I I was successful, I guess you could say. He did not kill himself that night. But this became a pattern. It became our own toxic cycle. He would often call me and tell me he was going to kill himself when things got really hard. So from a very young age, I thought of myself as his guardian angel. I thought that I was put into his life to make sure he didn't kill himself and he was okay. When I was 15, I lost my virginity to him. The next morning, I found out he was cheating on me. I'm not sure I have ever felt a heartbreak so deep. I spent weeks in my room crying, listening to Regina Spector. But when he finally came around, I was right back to where we were. I was deeply in love with him still. And so we did the on and off dance for the next 10 years of our very young lives. I should have seen the cycle then, but it took me a long time to recognize the cyclical relationship we had. When things were good, they were great, and when they were bad, they were awful. He would often ghost me and literally go MIA. No texts, no calls. 
nothing on social media. Sometimes I'd get blocked. He would eventually come back and I would get no real explanation. And due to not having a real voice for myself, because I put everyone else's needs in front of my own, I didn't really question it. I didn't really demand that I deserve better. He would um, tell me if I wanted him back. I had to prove things to him. Most often that I was the girl that he thought I was, whatever that meant to him. Not who I thought I was, but who he thought I was. During our young teen years, we often had other relationships, but when he was suicidal, I would still get that phone call in the middle of the night. He would always tell me his love for me was the greatest over other relationships he was in and that he knew that I was in his life to keep him alive. It was such an emotional roller coaster and being in relationships of my own, I did things that I was very unproud of to make sure once again he was okay. When college rolled around, I thought I was going to move down to Southern California to try to be with him, but anxiety started coming up a lot for me. I realized that I had a super strong attachment to my mom, and I could not move four hours away from her. Again, that immense fear of her not being okay overcame me, and I decided to stay local for college. After college, though, I took the leap and I moved down to Orange County to be with him. We had plans to move in together, but I think it just wasn't meant to be. Um, And luckily we did not because he became extremely controlling. And this is when the emotional abuse began. I did not understand the emotional abuse I was going through because I had never fully been told what emotional abuse even was. I knew what physical abuse was because of my mom's experience, but no one really sat me down and told me, this is how you deserve to be treated. This is how you don't deserve to be treated. So from a young age, I thought emotional abuse and the highs and lows that come of that was just what love was. I often had to write letters to him of how I was going to make things right. I would literally bullet point, I'm not going to do this, or I am going to do this. And how I would show up in the world, or how I would tell him that I was going to show up in the world, was dictated by what I thought he wanted, by what he told me that he desired, and how I could be the girl he thought I was. We would often have long arguments that would go all hours into the night. I would often find myself sitting in corners and listening to him rage and rant for hours and hours on end. I would get punished by privileges being take away, taking, taken away from me, like sex, or even him talking to me, even though we were in the same room. I think the worse and most damaging emotional abuse was that he still would continue to tell me he was going to kill himself 
and that it was something that I had to prepare myself for because whether it was killing himself today or in the next five years, it was going to happen. He even made a noose for himself, or at least that's what he told me, and he would pull it out when I showed any doubt in that I thought he was just using killing himself to scare me, but he knew that was my biggest fear. So he used it as a means of control and manipulation. My anxiety during my early 20s was out of control, and I did not understand how connected my anxiety and my codependence with my ex was. Between the fear that I was not enough and the fear he was going to kill himself, I thought it was only a matter of time before my whole world was going to come crashing down. I lived in a constant state of anxiety, and during my early 20s, I had severe panic attacks. Him and I continued the on and off dance, because although I desperately wanted out of the relationship, the mixture of codependency, fear, and what I thought was unconditional love kept me there. In early 2018... I got a phone call from him that he had attempted to kill himself. To this day, I don't know if that attempt was real or if this was made up. But either way, I was blamed. He told me that he was going to kill himself because of me and my behavior. I had never been so devastated. I had spent upwards of 10 years of my life trying to make sure he was okay and that He wasn't going to kill himself. And now I was being told I was the reason that he would die. Hearing this, I knew that I could no longer stay in this relationship. But I didn't know how to get out. I had tried to get out so many times before. I would make myself promises. I would tell friends to hold me accountable And because I didn't know about my roots of codependency and also that I had been through something as traumatic and trauma bonding as emotional abuse, I just thought I wasn't strong enough. But this time I knew I had to do something different. So I found myself Google searching on the internet. I had heard about coda meetings and codependency, but I had never really done any research. So I don't exactly remember how, but that night I ended up on coda.org. And as I read everything that I read on that website, I realized I think I need to go to one of these and these being a meeting. When I first went to my, when I went to my first coda meeting, it was the first room I walked into and found stories similar to my own. I was so nervous. I remember sitting down at my first meeting and feeling so called to speak, even though it was my first time. I opened my mouth and began to share my story. I may have cried before I even said a word, but it just felt so good to let it out in a room where I finally felt like I could be heard and seen. So much of my life I had felt crazy. The anxiety I had for years, my attachment to people, not being able to get out of this on and off again relationship that everyone else told me wasn't healthy. 
all made sense now. The years of me being such a caretaker to everyone else while neglecting myself, but also trying to be such an overachiever, all made sense too. And that was the start of my recovery journey. You know, when you're in those rooms, when you're doing that specific program, they make a promise to you that when you start to do the work, life will unfold. It will begin to unfold exactly how it's meant to, as long as you keep doing the work. And that's kind of exactly how it happened for me. Not soon after I started CODA, I met the boy. And when I say the boy, I mean the boy who was actually healthy and who was willing to walk the path of recovery along with me. I began to come into my power, and my power is my voice. I started writing. I started to speak up for myself. I started to stop being afraid that if I did tell my story of my abuse, trauma, and codependency, that it would make me look weak. I realized my story made me strong. And of course, the work still continues. I mean, you know, there's been so much work between therapy, CODA, every self-help book and podcast and resource, lots of group coaching. I've tried it all. And I continue to do certain aspects of it because although I have broken away from my big roots of codependency, that being family trauma and that relationship, which tied me to a world of emotional abuse, there's still a lot of triggers. There's still a lot of residual effects of all that. So I often am presented with my triggers and I have to keep continuing to do the work to be able to show up. And despite all the work, I know these things will continue to show up. There's no end point. The journey is a long and windy one. But I think what's most important is that here I am showing up every single day for me, for you, and for all the women who will come after us who fight a similar journey. So that was my story in a nutshell. As I continue to grow this podcast, I will get into more specifics, more details of all the pockets of codependency and trauma and abuse that I have recovered from in my own life. But I just want to thank you so much for being here and supporting the Recovery Podcast. I cannot wait to start bringing on guests. And if you yourself are interested in being a guest, please fill out the podcast interest link in my bio. My mission is to bring on all different types of women with different backgrounds, with different recovery stories, and all come together here to share our strength, hope, and experience. I cannot wait to see what becomes of it. You also can follow me on Instagram at recovery, spelled R-E-C-O-V, period, H-E-R, period, Y, to stay updated on all things podcast related, along with free life coaching tips and updates from me. And don't forget, you are more powerful than you know.